This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We are back talking about pro-life issues today. Yes. Yeah, and I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashwa. Hello, good to be back. And yeah, we wanted to talk about this issue particularly because we got a lot of people that checked out last week's episode with Seth Gruber. Mm. And um, there was a little bit, n- nothing crazy, but people pushing back a little bit on how we should vote and how pro-life plays into that. And so today we wanted to talk about, yeah, should Christians be single-issue voters when the issue is abortion, or should we uh, take into consideration mm-hmm. some other issues? So Yes, and we don't talk about politics a whole ton on this podcast because we're focused on apologetics and understanding mm-hmm. your faith, but this is important. This is important in the, uh, the value of human life, and we want to address that because we think that life is valuable. Yep, absolutely. So, but before we get into this episode, we give a coffee tip every, uh, pretty much every episode we give a coffee yeah, tip. I remember I, there's a couple where we're like, I don't know anything. Is there one yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> happened. So. Yeah, but, but pretty much every time we do. And so here is your coffee tip of the day. This is fascinating. Tyler, did you know that in order to make one cup of coffee, it takes 140 liters of water to make that possible? Now, obviously, you're not putting the whole 140 liters into your cup of coffee, right? I'm thinking about that. I'm like, huh. Yeah, 140 (laughs) liters is like half of a bathtub full of water. Yeah, that's... Which is a lot of water. But what what this is meaning is it takes that much water to grow a coffee plant to produce enough beans for one cup of coffee. So every cup of coffee you have, you have 140 liters of water to thank for that cup of coffee. That, that like I don't know what the average like plant takes mm-hmm. for how much water it takes. Yeah, I guess I have no for idea. that, but that's that's a lot. That sounds like a lot to me. It does sound like a lot of water, but it also makes you think, man, there must be so much water out there in the world. Because everyone's drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm thankful to God for giving us H2O yeah, on this planet. Well, maybe that's a, why coffee kind of grows in more humid climates. Oh, yeah. It's got to suck all that in, I guess. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah, I think so, and the rain <laughs> and everything. So yeah, no next kidding. time you drink your cup of coffee, thank the Lord for rain and for water because it takes 140 liters to produce the beans that go into making that one cup. No Not kidding. a pot of coffee, one cup of coffee. That was awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's interesting to see all that goes into it. So I'm glad that God gives us water. It's important yes, for a lot of reasons. Yes, very important, especially for coffee. So yep. that's great. Yep. I saw a funny meme the other day. It said, um, I drink water all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, I drink I drink water, uh, filtered water all the sure. time. Well, I mean, I drink I drink filtered. It's filtered through coffee. Oh, right, so right, right. I drink coffee all the time. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, I was it, like, it just kept like like correcting itself. Yeah, yeah it was that's so great. funny. That's, so that's really funny. Anyway, there's that. <laughs> all right, so now on with the topic for today. Mm. So something that we wanted to address, uh, like Robbie was just mentioning earlier, is we want to talk about the idea of should Christians vote based on a single issue in politics. Mm-hmm. And now our, our the short answer to that is we we think yes, but only dependent on what the issue is. That's the key. It depends on what the issue is. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like it's, if the issue yeah. was slavery, Tyler, if it was 1850, well, yeah. if the issue was slavery, what do you think? Do you think I should vote for a guy who's pro-slavery, but man, he might, he might help me on my taxes? <laughs> or are you willing to pay higher taxes and vote for somebody who's anti-slavery? As a Christian, that's, I think you yeah, should choose Yeah, I'm like, what should you vote for there? Right? Like, yeah, that seems like the obvious answer. Because yeah. why? Because me keeping money in my pocket isn't a greater good than freeing slaves. No. So that's yeah. that's the moral. That's absolutely And right. so how do we apply that in our day and age is kind of the question. Yeah, right? yeah, what that are is the, the question. Yep. That is the question. And so with that, we did some research, and it turns out that Time released an article on August 27th uh, very, very recently, stating the election is a test of faith. White Christian voters should ask themselves a familiar question: What would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. And now that was the title of the article. And why so, does it say white Christian voters? Now the reason that it says that in the title is because that 
right now, it, like from statistically and demographically, is one of like the highest supporting groups of the Republican Party. White Christians, White, yeah, okay. like one of the. Because I think you think mm-hmm. it just say, should say Christians or should just ask themselves what would Jesus do? Yeah, so I don't know why it even no, just says weird. white Christians because yeah, uh, there's like, a, there's a reason there's probably reasons behind it, but yeah, who, but who for, knows? But that would be my guess is it's mainly because that's a kind of the demographic that's supportive of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. or that's who this article's targeted at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so the article is claiming throughout it, it says that Christians should not vote for Donald Trump because he has been, and I'm going to make quotes here from the article, caging children at the border, failed to protect Americans from the coronavirus, and Christians need to consider what implications voting for Trump has in other areas of moral issues rather than just the pro-life issue. Mm -hmm. So Time also stated, this election is a test of faith, much like the one in the gospel story of Jesus's temptation. Jesus does not give in to Satan's promises, choosing integrity over power. Trump's promise of white Christian supremacy is a similar test. And that was the quote from time that they were stating. And the main idea is that what they're stating is that Christians need to vote to remove Donald Trump from office due to his lack of care for Black Lives Matter, immigration, police treatment, and then also for safety from coronavirus, but mm. rather than voting for him just because of the pro-life issue, which is just one issue of all of these other things they listed. Now, I, I like I how they equated him yeah. with Satan. Did you yeah, notice that? I did notice it's that. very similar to when, when Satan was tempting Jesus with all these things. That's, that's really that's what they're doing. Interesting, and right? then not yeah. only that, uh, like there's a lot of issues with this sure. too that I would say I wouldn't agree with. For, for sure. one, too, in the second half of that statement, they say that he promises white supremacy. I don't understand that. I've yeah. never heard him promise white supremacy. I've heard him speak out against white supremacist groups on several occasions. So yeah. that's a whole nother topic. But yeah. the thing is, is that's, that's something that they were talking about. They're saying Christians need to focus on this election as a test of faith and not vote for Donald Trump just because he is pro-life. That's yeah. the argument they were making. Yeah, because they're saying there's other and and, and again, yeah. I, I don't think they're being objective, and I don't agree with what they're saying has happened. But let's just pretend that they're correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying these other moral issues should, no pun intended, trump the yeah. pro-life issue. So you shouldn't just vote for that one thing. You should look at all of the issues and make an educated decision based on all of them. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. Okay. That's kind of the logic that's happening here. And we're mm-hmm. seeing it throughout, not just through this Time article, but all on social media, right? Yeah, we've had people even last week, like after we had Seth Gruber on, who were saying things like this, like, I can't just be a one-issue voter. I got to think through these things. Or, you know, this uh, this country can't take four more years of Trump and, and things like that. And so we wanted to really dive into when it comes to huge issues such as a million genocide, a million people being killed in the name of genocide, Right. In the name of convenience, in the name of uh, education, in the name of I don't have the finances, in the name in the name of convenience and selfishness. Um, Is that a big enough issue to make it a primary issue to vote for? Much like I think slavery would be If, if slavery was happening and I could vote against it or for it. I think I'm morally obligated to vote against it no matter what the other issues are would be. Yeah. So that's what we want to get into today. How, how do we as Christians think through these issues? And are there times, because the argument is these other issues trump that issue. And Christians yeah. are saying, no, we think that this issue trumps the other issues. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is uh, that's a common objection that's brought up a lot when it comes to the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes to the pro-life movement in politics, I should say. Yeah. And so what's interesting about that, though, if you really think about it, our country, as well as like many others, treats these different moral scenarios or laws and policies differently from each other because there's different moral consequences with each of them, right? Yeah. Well, judicially, we're set up to That's where a, yeah. there's different punishments for different crimes. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for speeding, you get fine. For armed robbery, you get jail time. Mm-hmm. And then for murder, you could possibly get life in prison or the death penalty in some states. Yeah, it's true. And so it's see, like, as a society, we give different punishments fit for different crimes because we know that some of these issues are 
worse than others, right? Well, or, yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's where you even have people say, man, that penalty or that, that punishment doesn't fit the crime. Exactly. Like that's too yeah. crazy of a penalty yeah, like imagine for that someone, type of a thing. Imagine someone getting life in prison or the death penalty over speeding. Yeah, or, right? or stealing a candy bar. Yeah, yeah. Or, or their first offense, right? Or You'd be like, that's crazy. you kill someone and then you just get fined. Yeah, exactly. Right? See, like that's the thing. And so it's like you got to think about how does the punishment fit the crime and what, what are the consequences of the crime that's being committed? Yeah, and where do we get this idea that certain actions, sins or crime, are more heinous, therefore they deserve mm. more punishment or more justice than other crimes. Right, yes. Because everybody everybody agrees with this, but then the question comes, why, why do we think like this? Where did this yeah, idea right. come from? What, what is this ideology um, anchored in, right? The point is we all believe that different crimes uh, and different sins are not equally bad. Oh, that's Now, so again, true. everyone would say, no, no, you shouldn't steal stuff from a store and you shouldn't shoot somebody and you shouldn't uh, get a DUI. But we also believe that those three scenarios are different. They're not all equally bad. It seems like murder is one of those really bad things. Rape is one of those really bad things, yeah. right? Rape is not the same as a kid stealing an ice cream cone. It's not the same no. thing. And we have different punishments or, or, or penalties based on these. We all believe that some crimes are worse than others. Mm. So now why do we believe this? I, I think the reason we believe it is because it's actually reality. Um, so it's it's what's objectively true. And <laughs> I think you're it's, onto something it's there. Also, <laughs> yeah, and it's also what the Bible teaches, right? So this this view of morality, this moral system uh, that, that most people acknowledge is true, is called graded absolutism. Mm. Great. There are moral absolutes, objective moral absolutes. However, they're on a scale of uh, bad to worse. Yeah. Right. And so, um, this is this is kind of the textbook definition of graded absolutism. Graded absolutism affirms that there are many moral absolutes, and these are grounded in the character of God, and revealed in Scripture. Furthermore, and I would I would add to that, and and a lot of times revealed in nature. Uh, furthermore, graded absolutism asserts that in a perfect world, which would be one without any sin, uh, moral absolutes would never conflict. Yet, in a fallen world, sometimes moral absolutes do conflict, and mm. when this happens, we are obligated to follow the higher moral law. Yeah. So when you're stuck between uh, being in Nazi Germany Mm -hmm. and hiding Jews under the floorboards of your kitchen, and uh, the Gestapo or the Nazis come to your door and put a gun to your head, and they say, are you hiding Jews here? Is it good logic to say, well, the Bible says not to lie, so I should just tell them the truth? You know what else, Tyler? The Bible says to obey the civil authorities that are over you. It does. Right? It does say that. So should you, if you're hiding them, um, just say, yeah, you know what? You got me. Sorry about that. They're under the floorboards of my kitchen. No. Everybody would look at that as you are a horrible human being. Yeah. Why? Because human life holds value, and that's a, saving human life is more important than keeping yourself from lying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Saving a human life is the greater moral good. Mm -hmm. And if you have to lie in order to do that, you chose the heroic thing. It's yeah. not just like yeah. you have two options and, oh, telling the truth is good, saving a life is good. No, 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 no. no. All yeah. of us would say in that scenario, telling the truth is wrong, Yeah, and <laughs> which then, uh, is kind of crazy, right? Yeah, and even a Christian, Arthur, uh, Christian author, Norman Geisler, he mentions about this. He confirms this in some of his writings where he said that um, not all laws are of the same weight that we see in Scripture, right? Yeah, he makes the point that there's three things Three things we can see from the Bible that teach this ideology. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of those things is, uh, for one, Jesus spoke of the weightier, weightier matters of the law in Matthew twenty three twenty three. Yeah, what is that? Okay, so what does right? that mean? Weightier. That's a great question. It means more important. Yeah, stuff that holds more weight to it. That stuff that's more urgent. Right? Of the law. Of the law. So yeah. there's other laws that would. The opposite of that would be what. Things that are lesser, lesser, or not as light, weighty. Yeah, yeah. lighter issues, yep. as we call them. Yeah, yep. and then you have uh, another example in Matthew twenty two thirty six, where he says the least and the greatest commandment. Right. Yep, that's right. So that that's the same same logic there. Like, uh, for example, it's a love love of God over love of humans that we see in Luke. 1426 hate mm -hmm. parents and f to follow Jesus right yeah unless he says unless somebody hates their mother and father they cannot exactly. come and be my disciple yeah. so it's 
Jesus taught that it's a greater moral good to love God over yeah. loving people. And, and then there's other examples too through scripture. And I think this one applies a lot to the situation we're discussing today is obedience to God over obedience to the government. Yeah. Like we see that in Daniel chapter six, when yep. Daniel, uh, like he goes with God's will, not mm-hmm. the king's. Uh, and then Acts 5.29, where they obey God rather than man. And so yeah. it's like... Well, and they even... Say, this is what's crazy about yeah. that passage is they even say that. They say, whether it's better in your eyes for us to obey you or God, yeah. well, you can be the judge of that, <laughs> but we're going to go with God on this. Yes, <laughs> right? yes. And then they well, they get beat up and thrown in prison, right? Yeah, it's not a good right. scenario. Yeah, That's right. But but that's those are the examples that we see in Scripture that we yep. should be noting that we need to... We need to understand that some laws trump others. Yes. Well, and that's yeah. point number one that Norm Geisler so eloquently puts. He says, not all laws are of the same weight. Exactly. The Bible teaches that. Now, the second point that Geisler pointed out was uh, that unavoidable moral conflicts exist. Yeah. Um, and I would say that that happens every time we have to have an election. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there are issues with both of these human beings uh, there are issues on both sides of the parties. There are things I agree with and disagree with on both sides, right? Yeah. And so you have a moral conflict. Now, you can say, I'm not going to vote, which you have the right to do. But I also think that as being in the world but not of it in salt and light, we should influence our culture as much as possible with truth and with God's way of doing mm. things versus just abdicating and saying, oh, I'm not going to to vote. Another thing, and this may get me in some hot water. I don't know what you think about this, actually. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of people talking about voting for a third-party candidate or, or somebody over here on this side or just writing in a name. Um, I think that that's uh, fine, and you mm. uh, legally can do that. Uh, but the question I always think is, morally, should I do that? Is it the wise thing to do? Yeah, I would say no. And that Why? In the Why? case of the pro-life choice here because sure. because i would say like if you're looking at this issue I, I, the third party right now the one that that's prominent lately mm-hmm. every election cycle is libertarian sure uh i mean i might be wrong i don't know of any major libertarians running this election i know sure. last year there was a uh, gary um what was his name i i can't remember his name all of a sudden but but yeah. the, the, there was a big libertarian uh who was like on his name was on the ballot last mm-hmm. election and the thing is is to me, if you're voting libertarian third party because you don't like Donald Trump's personality, which, yeah, I would like there's some weight yeah. to that. Or the Democratic or, candidate or Joe yeah, Biden or, or whoever Yeah, or something like that yep. or whoever it is. And if you just are like, no, I want to vote for third party because I don't like them. Uh, typically what ends, ends up happening, you have to consider the weight of the issue that what's likely going to happen and happens every election cycle is one of either a Democrat or a Republican ends up in office. Yeah, there's no shot that the third party's ever going to get, not ever. In, but, uh, yeah, right not now, ever, but not, not right now. Elected. So what you're basically doing is you're throwing a vote away. You really are. And a lot of people argue that you're not because they say that third party will never grow until then. But, but imagine if you abstain your vote from voting for the pro-life party. Mm-hmm. And instead, you're voting for the uh, the third party because you have issues with the pro-life party currently. Sure. Then what happens is that that takes a vote away from the pro-life party yeah. in empowering even the pro-life if issue. The, even if the libertarian or even if the, yeah. the, the third party candidate is pro-life, it's still a bad decision because I would agree it's with an that. ineffective vote. I would agree with that. And yeah. so we're not just voting on issues we are but we're also voting on effectiveness and how can i actually have influence and so sometimes when people are fed up with both sides like hey i'm with you like i did it with both of these guys like it there's there's a there's problems all around but if i want to have influence and choose because what we're voting for is the lesser of two evils or another way to put it would be i'm i'm voting for the greater good yeah i'm I'm voting for the best possible situation out of these two bad situations and that's what graded moral absolutism is Mm. and norm geisler says sometimes unavoidable moral conflicts exist and i want to read about one that's in scripture and i think this one's fascinating this is from exodus chapter 1 verses 15 through 20 it says the pharaoh of egypt said to the hebrew midwives whose names were shifra and pua he said, when you're helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that a baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. 
Okay, that's called civil disobedience. Yeah. The king told me to do something, and I chose, no, I'm not going to. And it, and it tells us why they didn't. It's because they feared God. Yeah, Which means right. they know God's moral standard is you disobey government if the if the issue becomes killing human beings. Yeah, yeah. There That's the perfect example, I think, that yeah. you have right there. So, But then it gets even crazier. Yeah. So verse 18, then the king uh, summoned the midwives and he asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let these boys live? So he hears about it. The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous, and they give birth before we can even arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Hmm. Wait, time out. We know why they didn't kill the boys. Why? They disobeyed Pharaoh because they feared God, and they knew Mm -hmm. it was the wrong thing to do. But then the king of the world, basically, at this point, yeah, says, right. what are you doing? I told you to do something. You disobeyed me. They, what's that called? Lied. They lied. They lied Very clearly. to his face. They Very lied. <laughs> they said, listen, it's not our fault. Like, the, the Hebrew women, they just push these babies out before we could even get there. Yeah. They're strong. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. You you have to understand, uh, this. they saw, God, like, human beings through God's eyes as valuable. Mm-hmm. And they took that as a moral absolute that they needed to uphold over civil obedience. Over civil obedience and over telling the truth. Yeah, over over telling the truth. They lied. And now this is what's crazy. The third point that Geisler points out. So first one, not all laws are of the same weight. Second one, unavoidable moral conflicts exist. Third point, God doesn't impute guilt if the conflict is unavoidable. Mm. And we see that here. What does God do to these women? Because the midwives feared God, he mm. gave them families of their own. Yeah. God he blessed, blessed them. them for for protecting lives of innocent human beings. Do you see that? Yeah, that's right. So he blessed the Hebrew midwives for lying to Pharaoh and disobeying him in order to save lives. We see this all over the place, though, because even Rahab, right? She lies to her king. She keeps spies when she shouldn't. She hides them and deceives the military of Jericho. And God blesses her and preserves her life because she protected the Hebrew spies. Yeah. So so this is a very interesting moral we kind of get from God's word. Now, and again, in a perfect world, there wouldn't be moral conflicts. We live in a sinful, imperfect world, and there are going to be moral conflicts. So when those things happen, we are obligated to choose the greater good, Mm. right? Yeah. Just like we would disdain a person who told the truth to Nazi officers (laughs) and killed a whole bunch of Jews. That's so true, yeah. I I don't see how it's any different when it comes to the abortion issue. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. That's that's a huge that's a huge deal. So let's let's think about this. You know, um, a lot of times a false dichotomy gets um, uh, erected. A false dichotomy is when people say it's either this or this. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, uh, what I'm what I'm seeing and hearing from people is, well, listen, I'm not just a one issue voter when it comes to abortion because there's a whole lot of issues. And then the the best question to ask him is, okay, what are those issues? Right, yeah. And some people will say, well, you know, uh, the Democrats want to help out uh, the poor more. Mm, Yeah. Um, Okay, I I don't think that's necessarily true. I think both sides want to help the poor. I think there's just different methodologies of doing it. Um, Well, veterans benefits. I had a guy saying that on, 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 on here. I think that the VA, I was talking with a veteran today. He was saying that the VA approval ratings are through the roof right now because of the things that the Republican Party has been doing for yeah. them. And there's been three pay raises over the last four years for military. That's absolutely so, true. Yeah. So, there, okay, it's not necessarily one party's pro-military and one's not. So whenever anybody says that, I say, okay, what other issues do you think right. are important that this party's not doing? Yeah, because the truth of it is, when I get down to the actual details and policies and what's being said, the one difference between them is that one is for allowing one million Americans to be murdered a year, mm-hmm. and the other is not. Yeah, that's and then the, that's a lot the of, biggest difference. It's I the biggest difference, and then that. a lot of the other issues, both sides agree upon. They might not agree in methodology, but they have similar agreements on what should be done about these situations. Mm, yeah. So whenever anybody says that, you need to press into okay, what are those issues? And then if the issues are established, like okay, this side is for this, 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 mm-hmm. and this side is all they're for is pro life. 
then we have to weigh which of those issues are the greater yes. and lesser good, right? Because a moral conflict is coming into play. That's right, yeah. And the right choice is which one is the greater good between these two. And that's what we have got to go for. Now, unless you um, are hell-bent on promoting and funding the largest genocide in the history of mankind, <laughs> yeah, I don't see why you would, you would vote for that side of things. Mm. It, it seems to me that the sanctity of life and the innocence of life and, and what's written into the fabric of America, the right to life— yeah, has to be a basis we all agree upon, not by dehumanizing a, a population of our country, yeah. whether it's based on skin color, whether it's based on religion, whether it's based on location of in or out of the womb, whether it's based on age or stage of development, right? I would vote pro-life. Like, I, I am against euthanasia. I am yeah. against uh, physician-assisted suicide because it attacks the sanctity of life for a certain segment of the population. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we have to weigh, okay, is is the abortion issue a big enough issue to make it the one thing we vote about, much like I think slavery would be if slavery was still in existence in America. Yeah, yeah. And well, th we, this is something we touched base on in last week's podcast too, but Christians should not willingly vote for a political party that is in favor of killing human beings by the millions. No. We, no. we should not be okay with doing that. As Christians, you should not do that. Yep. Uh, all life has value, which is that's why pro-life issues take stronghold over all these other issues that we've been talking about. That's why here. it's the greater moral good. That's why it's the greater moral good. So, to be honest, like, listen, is education an important issue? Oh, of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. Is military benefits an important issue? Of course it is. Yes. Is poverty and welfare an important issue? Of course it is. Like, there's a ton of important issues. Mm -hmm. But if I have to... Right? Here's a moral conflict. Yeah. If I have to choose, and, and I don't really think you do, I don't think you have to vote Democrat in order to get some of those things. But if I have to, is education reform more important than a million human lives? Mm, yeah. It, it isn't. <laughs> because a, everybody who education reform will impact is already alive. Right? I mean, so you, you have to think through this and go, this issue is the issue. Yes. Not because we are myopic, but because it's the greater moral good. Yes. And now something I want to address, too, about this is another common argument, especially one that's been really relevant in today's culture, mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about on the podcast, too, is the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Yeah. And now the thing is— is Let a, me say something yeah, real quick. Yeah, of course. Uh, if you want to know, I don't know what your opinion is on this. No, go so right I can't ahead. speak for you. But my opinion with this whole thing, uh, if you want to know where I'm at with it, there was a great, great article written by Sean McDowell, uh, and it's called All Black Lives Matter, But I Cannot Support BLM. Mm. It's fantastic. I've read that actually. Yeah, it's I a did. great article, and that's where I'm at on it. Uh, of course, the statement Black Lives Matter is true. Come on. But Black yeah. Lives Matter, the organization, is atrocious. No, it's it's a terrible organization. And I can't get on board with it for multiple reasons. One of yes. them being uh, I'm more pro-black life than they are because I'm pro-life. Yeah, and, and now at first I would agree with and that. And that sounds insane. It, yeah, because let's look, let's look at it. If Christians really care about black lives, about all black lives, yes, all black lives, then you should be anti- Black Lives Matter organization, and you should be for life. The pro-life movement. Yes. You should be. The pro-life yep. movement, yes. Well, let's explain why. Yes, and so here's some statistics I want to bring up to you. So in 1860, the entire slave population of the U.S. was around 4 million, which means that we abort the entire slave population in the U.S. every four years. Because right now, we're at a rate of roughly 1 million abortions Per year. Think about that. The entire slave population was 4 million, and it takes us four years to kill that many people just through abortion. Yeah, that's that, right. So, so if, we want, if we're pro-anti-slavery, which we are, we, yeah. slavery is atrocious and it shouldn't happen because all people are created equal mm -hmm. in God's eyes. Why, why is the unborn not created equal? Exactly. Why is the yeah. unborn not worthy of life? We've got to think through that. 
Yeah. Let's let's keep going with, yeah. with the numbers of, of black lives that are that are yes. annihilated in the name of abortion. Yes, there's so much here. And so sixty uh, percent of all black babies in New York City are aborted every year. Can you believe that? Sixty percent of, of all, all black, black babies, babies in New York City. In New York City are aborted every year. Yeah. That black- means sixty percent of pregnancies from a black woman are aborted. In New York City every year. Black Lives Matter. And this 60% of kids that are killed that are black matter. Mm -hmm. And we cannot sit by and allow this to happen behind closed doors because, well, education reform is important. It's not as important as saving the lives of human beings. And now this is is where it just starts to get crazy when you really put these numbers together and look at this. So 37% of all abortions in America take place on black babies, which is roughly 315,000 abortions per year. Now think about this. This is crazy because 37% of all abortions are on black children Yes, in America. Mm-hmm. What's the population of black people in America? I, I think it's somewhere between uh, like 11 to 13% of America yeah. is African-American. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So why – this is a question you've got to ask yourself. Why is even – let's say it's 13. 13% of the population making up 37% of the abortions. Mm. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. This and is not good. It's and I'm not, not and I'm not I'm not blaming that community for it. No, I'm blaming no. Margaret Sanger. Yes, I was for putting say that. planned parenthoods in poverty stricken areas because she wanted to annihilate black people. Yes. And and her plan is it's working. Yeah. And she, we can't stand for that. Yeah, she she was very white supremacist, very racist. She spoke at KKK yep. rallies. Yep. That that's why she founded Planned Parenthood was to specifically in black neighborhoods to eliminate the African American population. But the lie is this will be a benefit to you. And now yeah. getting getting back to the Time magazine, who who's the devil tempting people <laughs> with a lie that actually harms them, right? Mm. Come on. Yeah. Come that's on. that's a really good point, Robbie. And yeah. so just going on with these statistics, um, this is something that I want to touch on that's uh, been the cause of all the um, racial tension in the U.S. right now, yeah. right, is uh, um, cops uh, and police brutality, right? Yeah. So here's some statistics I wanted to bring up. And I'm going to start with, uh, um, as of 2018, the total number of black, and this is male and female deaths by homicide, was 7,407, Okay. Okay, so for 2018, the total number of black Americans who died through homicide, through murder. Yes, through murder. Was 7,407. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm just singling out murder, and that doesn't include cop killings or any other. It's just murder. It's just murder, just homicide. Yep. And now from between the years of 2015 to 2020, a total of 1,301 African Americans were shot and killed by a cop. Okay, hold on. For f- a five-year span, 2015 mm-hmm. to th- 2020, there have been 1,301 African Americans shot and killed by a cop. Yes, in as a of as of the time span. this study was conducted. Yes, in a five-year span, 1,301. Yes, and so the reason I'm bringing up that statistic to you and telling you these numbers and why it matters, because of course that's that's still a problem. Like homicide that's, and yeah, we don't. We, I don't want any of this happening. No, we don't. None of we this don't. happening. And that's 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 eight thousand seven hundred and eight lives that are important. Yes, and that are valuable and that matter. Yes, exactly. But the reason I'm I'm really glad you total added up the total there, Robbie, because we ha- have to realize. So you're telling me that over eight thousand total, roughly uh, homicides. Well, seven thousand about seventy four hundred homicides happen for African-Americans in the U.S. per year. Mm-hmm. But then in the past five years, only 1,300 have been killed by cops. So that's kind of what we're looking at as far as homicides go. Yeah. But then the abortion industry kills 315,000 mm. per year. It's, so, not so even com- it's not even comparable. It's not. So at over five years, 1,300 have been shot by a cop. Yeah. Which is bad and I don't like it and I life matters. Yes. But if you take those two options you say 1300 over 5 years mm-hmm. or what would it be? Three. One and a half million <laughs> over 5 years. Is that the math? Yeah. 315,000 times 5? Yeah. 
So one and a half million black people or 1,301. That's what we're looking at here. So, so yeah. you see, like, again, this matters and police brutality matters and justice matters and I mm-hmm. want justice. But justice seems to say one and a half million people are slaughtered in the name of convenience takes precedent. It should, yeah. It should and take now, precedent. And now, the reason we bring these statistics up too, like, like I'm not necessarily either saying here that I would agree that the Republican Party doesn't care about this or that Black Lives no, Matter. I don't matter agree with, with that stuff either. I don't agree with that. But my point is saying for those who disagree and think that they don't, you, you got to compare the policies here between yeah. the parties and see one is in favor of killing 315,000 black babies a year. A year. Yeah, so that that's the thing. That's the I don't issue. think I don't think the Republican Party is okay with injustice and no, cop killing. No. But I know the Democratic Party is okay with killing 315 million black babies. Yes, yes. And so uh, 315,000. Yeah. I said million. 315,000. Yeah, so they are okay with that. Yeah. You yeah. shouldn't be as a Christian who values life, you should stand up to voice your yeah. opinion and say this is not okay. Yeah, we we strongly disagree with the uh, um, the conclusion that the Time article made. Yep. It's it, you should be for life, and the thing is, is right now abortion is the issue that's taking life away yep. by by the millions. I've even heard some people say things like, "Well, but what can a pro life president really do to change policy? <laughs> uh, he can actually do a lot." Like. The yeah. last pro-life president we had, who is the current president, he mm-hmm. has elected two Supreme Court justices who are pro-life. That is going to change the fabric of America with this issue for yes. the next 50 years. <laughs> people don't realize, I, I genuinely, I'm going to say this, but people may disagree with me, but I think statistically, Donald Trump is the most pro-life president that's ever been. He's the more, most outspoken for sure. Yeah. You know, like as yeah. far as policy yeah. goes yeah. and things he put into place, like yeah. that, he is. you see it and that, that's the thing. And so it's like. Why would you vote for – we talked about this last week, Biden and Kamala Harris, when they said Kamala Harris wants abortion to be legalized up to the point of birth. Yeah. Like yeah. how can you – how can you as a Christian look at that and think that so, – no, these issues matter more to me than yeah. the millions of lives. Well, I think it's because lost. you've bought into the lie that the, 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 the party of death is pushing that, listen, yeah. there's more issues out there and we really do care about people. You've believed that myth. But if you look at the data and you look at the issues, you cannot, you cannot vote to kill mil- a million Americans a year and say, I'm okay with that because I'd like uh, lower taxes, better benefits, universal health care, or reform in education. <laughs> yeah. As if you can't get that from the other side. And the other thing is this, Christian, and this really a- angers me, and I'm seeing it on both sides. Um, government isn't the savior. I don't yeah. know if you know that or not. Like, government <laughs> is not... The Savior, um, they they they're not Jesus, and sometimes government takes uh, uh, they overreach their bounds, obviously. Yeah. And if you are concerned about poverty, why are you trusting in the government to do what you should be doing? Mm. You should go out and take care of poverty. Why aren't you giving to people? Why aren't you giving of your finances and your time to go down to the rescue mission and to serve your fellow human being? You see, I don't take people seriously who are all hopped up on social justice issues but literally do nothing except tweet about it. Yeah. If that's who you are, you're a disgrace because yeah. you're not being active in doing anything. Now, if you're a pro-life person and all you do is vote for pro-life that's a great step, but you need to do more. Yeah, you need to be outspoken yeah. about it. You need to be giving to pro-life organizations. You need to put your time investing into them. You, you need to put your money where your mouth is. I, I love what mm. Scripture says, where James says, you know, if you see somebody who's hungry and needs food, and, and you say, "Oh, I'll pray about that," but you don't help <laughs> yeah, them, right. what yeah. good is that, right? And that's what I think a lot of people on both sides are, and, and it's because you believe the lie that the government's the savior, and it's the government's job to do mercy care ministry and to take care of the poor and the orphan and the widow. No, it's not. It's the church's job. Mm. But it's also the church's job to make sure that government doesn't overreach their bounds and go insane and say, you know what, we're going to legalize killing a million people in the name of, meh, they're just a little inconvenient. We cannot be for that. So mm. uh, if you are out there and you say, well, I, you know, I like these issues or I really want to see this or that, uh, and you're not giving money and you're not giving your time, I really don't take you seriously at all. No. Yeah. On either way. 
Yeah. So yeah. so don't just be a you know millennial or even a Gen Z Christian. The, the stereotypes, right? I think yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. great millennial and a lot of great Gen Z Christians. I fall into that category. I think there's a lot of people who care. But don't be the stereotype who's sitting in your mom's basement doing nothing but complaining on social media about issues you really don't know much about. No, and, Get and that's, involved. Yeah, and that's that's a thing I see a lot from a Republican Christians specifically too. Like for, I feel like for Republican Christians, a lot of times it's Facebook. And then you see for uh, the, like Christians who maybe are uh, Democratic, that's on Twitter. And it's sure. like you see like, like going on social media ranting about it. Sometimes it, 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 you can do good by spreading truth or talking civilly with people. Yeah. But, but if you're not actually taking action and doing something about the issues that you care about, yeah. then then you, you're not doing anything to advance the kingdom. Yeah, I remember I talked with this guy a few years ago, and, and it was on a bunch of different issues yeah. and about, about animal rights and about all these things. And I said, you really don't care about it. I do. I'm passionate. I'm, I'm really, I really am involved, and I, this is a big deal to me. I said, it's not a big deal to you. And he was getting mad. Like, what are you what are you saying? You can't say that. It's a huge deal to me. I said, is it a big deal? Do you give any money? Well, no. You know, radio silence right there. Oh right, no. Right, right. I don't give any money. Have you ever gone down to like like a like a march or like have you ever gone down to like volunteer your time or well no. So you really don't care about it. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say. So you really don't care about it. You just you just rant about it. You that's just, it. You like something to rant about. And that's, yeah. that's the key. And I think on both sides of the issue, there's people who like to rant about it. Yeah. But we need to be people of action. We need to be doers of the word, not just hearers yeah. of the word, right? But you, you should... I don't understand how, as a Christian, you can say, I'm okay with voting for people who want to kill a million human beings in my country, well, in my backyard, every year. Yeah, and then uh, there's another uh, way I want to spin this, too, is thinking, uh, bringing it back to the gospel and thinking about that. If you just say, say in the same way you say, I really love Jesus, I like, I... I hang out with him all the time, but you don't do anything for him, you don't share the gospel with mm-hmm. people, you don't actively obey his commandments and you're not like living out the gospel, then you're not doing anything to advance the kingdom, right? Like scripture talks about that too. And in the same way, like if you really care about Jesus, like you should be sharing his word, you should be spreading the gospel with your neighbor. And then in the same way, we need to be doing that and making that a priority. And then if we really care about it in the same way that we care about pro-life issues and that we need to be talking about our neighbor about pro-life issues, voting for the right pro-life candidate, right? Like these things correlate, like you don't really care about something if you're not actually doing anything about it. And nope. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And I, and I think that it's important if, if we flip the politics. Like, let's mm. say it was a socialist par- I'm not saying the Democrats are a socialist party. I'm saying if there was a socialist party, I don't agree with socialism, I think it's a terrible idea. Mm. Um, but if there was a socialist party in America and they were the only party that was pro-life, I would vote for them. I would too, yeah. Because you know what? My financial future is not as important as human beings' lives. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to think like that too. That's like, how That's how I think. This is such a huge issue. And in God's mind, life is, is a huge value, right? Yeah. Think about it. He gives us as human beings life. He gave the life of his son in order to give us mm. eternal life life. Life is a big issue to him. And when we say, yeah, I'm okay with it to make my life more comfortable or this or that issue, it's so petty compared to the greater good. Yes. And as Christians, when we have a conflict, we are obligated to always choose the greater moral good like Rahab did, like the midwives did in Exodus. That is what we have got to do. I want to read a couple of quotes here that I really liked. Neil Shenvey who is a really great apologist with critical theory, uh, he said this. He said, obviously there's far more to Christian ethics than abortion. But by what moral calculus can we say that there are many issues on par with the annual intentional killing of one million innocent human beings? Hmm. Right? Yeah. There's 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 not anything else on par with that. Uh, Clark Forsyth, who's a pro-life activist, he said, there is no moral compromise when we make the aim of politics not the perfect good, but the greatest good possible. And I hate, I hate to break this to you, but whenever you vote for a human candidate, no matter what position it is, you are always 
voting for the greatest good possible and not the perfect good. Yeah. And it is a lie that people try to spin that you need to find a perfect candidate who's never had a flaw, who's never said something wrong, who right um, now holds to everything perfectly valuable and, and virtuous that doesn't exist. We're always choosing between the lesser of two evils. Always, because they're human yeah, beings. Until, that's the thing. Until King Jesus comes back, yeah. we're not going to have it, Tyler. It's crazy. Like Nowadays, too, even, like like people are, like, like you said, like, like you have to be perfect according to these standards like yeah. for the candidates. Like it's crazy. You even see that people are looking back on like stuff that uh, Joe Biden said like 40 years ago. And sure. I'm like, how is that relevant now? Or like, like and, and even, and how, how, even if I want to use that as to flame the fire, yeah, that like, too. you can't hold like, somebody accountable for something they said 40 years that's ago. What I mean, you need or, to ask yeah, them where they're at Yeah. Now. And I, I disagreed with it when I saw it too, sure. but I was like, okay, but I'm like, and then they do the same thing with Donald Trump stuff sure. from years ago. Stuff from the eighties or yeah, something yeah. 10 years where it's ago. Like, it is funny. Because like back in the day, like early America, you couldn't do that with all candidates. Sure. But but the thing is, is it's like nobody's perfect. You're always going to find issues with these candidates, of course. And we're always going to be choosing and the if, greater. And if you ran, people would find issues with oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the because we're, we're sinful people. Yeah. But what we have to do is we have to choose the greater yes. good, right? The greatest mm-hmm. good possible, not the perfect good. And I think that that's important for us to think through. And the greatest good possible is if we can vote somebody in who will start to save human lives and make abortion illegal, yeah. right? Like, I, I, I don't want to stand before Jesus and, and be one of these people who said, you know, I thought, I thought the Holocaust thing was a little crazy with Hitler and the Jews, but he had some really good ideas <laughs> to benefit me as a German. And so I wanted that. Can you imagine? But that's what I feel like a lot of Christians are not what I feel yeah. like. That's what I think a lot of Christians are doing nowadays. It's all that's just one little small thing. This this Holocaust of a million people a year. Uh, I'm okay with that. However, uh, yeah. this education reform thing, we got to get serious about it. Are you joking me? It's, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, it's just something that people are tucking behind closed doors and saying we don't talk about that. We don't look at it. Well, and that's the key. Pretend it's not happening. People don't think it's a big deal because you're not seeing it happen all the time. No. If you want to be disgusted, go and look at what an abortion is when they're when they're yeah. sticking scissors up a woman and they're cutting a baby's limbs off. Yeah. If you want to see disgusting things, think about the scalding and the scraping and the sucking that goes into extracting a living human being from a womb, not because there's any problems, yeah. just because people don't want it anymore. Or, or partial birth abortions that happen uh, right before they're born, where the, the abortion doctor keeps the head of the baby inside yeah. the womb while it pulls the rest of it out because the baby's old enough to where it screams while it's being aborted because it's in pain. Yeah. That happens. It's happening behind closed doors, and nobody's talking about it. Yep. Nobody's doing anything about it. Well, people are doing things about it, but there need to be more people doing things about it because yeah. this is in, this is atrocious. It starts with our voting, but it follows with our money going to organizations yes. that are stopping it. It follows with the activism. Again, I don't think that the killing of people and the injustice happening in our country is good. Right. But you want to talk about real injustice. A million of your fellow Americans are killed every year and it's legal. Yeah. That's disgusting. 315,000 black Americans were killed this year in the name of I'm selfish and I, I don't want them. And we don't have any rioting in the streets and we don't have any peaceful protests. And we don't have no. any, right? It's not even talked about. And that's what's so so insidious about all of it is that Satan is operating and he's moving and he's blinding people to the atrocities that he's inflicting on our species and he's yeah. keeping us busy over here with education reform issues. We got to wake up and we got to we got to be wise and we got to ask God for guidance with these issues. So, I hope this has been yes. helpful to you. Um, if you're a Christian out there who thinks, "Oh, I can't just be a one-issue voter. What if the issue was slavery? Where would you be?" And, yeah. and, and then the question you have to ask yourself is, is slavery a bigger issue than the genocide of a million people every year? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, we've got to wake up to this. Yeah, and that's as Christians, As Christians, we are obligated to choose the greater moral good. Life is the greatest moral good, and that is what we should do, fighting for people who can't fight for themselves. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Yeah. Sacrificing his time, talent, treasures, and life 
in order to redeem ours. That's what we should be doing mm, yeah. for people that are our unborn neighbor. You're not loving your neighbor. You're not loving your neighbor Yeah. if you're allowing them to be murdered behind closed doors. Yeah, well... Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us on the podcast this week. Uh, please, if you have any questions about some of the statistics we shared today mm-hmm. or any, any, you just need more information or you just want to talk to us, or if you disagree with us, mm-hmm. please go ahead, uh, send us a message or comment on our social media platforms. We're yeah. on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and now Twitter. Yep. So we're, we're all over the place. Let me say something, though. Don't just get on our stuff and emote at us and say a bunch yes. of I feel statements. Give us a reason and some evidence as to why you think that. Because we would yeah. love to dialogue with evidence and reason. But if it's just a lot of emoting with no substance, we're probably not going to respond. Yeah, to that's, that happens a lot. We, do, we get a lot of commenters who uh, it seems like that there's not really a point or an end to the conversation. Mm-hmm. You, I just see people just throwing stuff on there. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I, I don't really know what you want from me other than me to say okay you're right is that it like so just be respectful um and then give us good reasons give us good reasons give us good arguments Uh, or and then just in general if you are a christian who is pro-life and you're having issues with friends or family members on how how to share uh the gospel with them or pro and talk about pro-life issues mm-hmm. uh please uh feel free to contact us about that as well we've also done other pro-life podcasts in the past yeah uh, which you could feel free to go back and you could listen to those we yeah. share statistics and we'll apologetic probably should, methods we probably should do a refresher yeah we're probably going to do a refresher methodology and how to talk point. to people about this <laughs> yeah because yeah. this is a crazy issue it's it's crazy you can change people's minds over this very easily you really we, can i mean we've done it yeah i've yeah. changed people's minds over this in a 10 minute conversation <laughs> yeah i was actually astounded because because I, I to me i thought that um that that preaching like sharing this would honestly be harder than sharing the gospel is what i thought because mm. i thought oh people like would probably be more willing to come to jesus than like listen to me over talking about political issues mm-hmm. right but but the thing is is i've actually convinced more people of the pro-life cause i think than like i've convinced people of the gospel yeah. at times too which is crazy because it it's like crazy. it's that easy it is. Once you show the data, yeah. all the data is on the pro-life side. It's very easy to show people the it, truth. It's just astounding. Um, and so, it is. so yeah, we, we should we should probably do an episode on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get that right stuff. on that. But so, anyways, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, uh, we we, we want to love people. Yes. We don't we don't mean to offend, um, but sometimes you have to take a stand yeah. for for atrocities that are happening. And um, I'm pretty pretty sure we're founded on god's word with this issue yeah and um we we really need to think through voting for the greater good not the perfect good of course that that can't happen but what's the greater good and why are we choosing which candidate to vote for so think through that pray through that and um let's go out and let's make an impact on this world for christ yeah that's what we're here for we're here to teach people and show people who jesus is so we hope this podcast has been helpful it's equipped you it's encouraged you it's it's spurred you on it's exhorted you right yeah to go out and to live your life uh worthy of the gospel worthy of the calling that god's given you so thanks so much for being with us today on christ culture and coffee we'll be back with you guys next week thanks for listening to christ culture and coffee If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.